What time is it? Game time! Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Gives it to Jenkins for the championship! Davis! Oh my god! Davis is going to run it all the way back! Auburn's going to win the football game! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Game Time. I'm your host, Garrison Hardy, and with me today... I've got a very special guest from the Idaho Vandals. He's a good friend of mine, goes to the same church as me. It's Mr. Abe Christensen, the starting right guard of the Idaho Vandals. Abe, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, so for the fans at home, uh, Abe, uh, you know, let's talk about your accolades. You know, in high school, you competed for Andrews High School, recorded 69 tackles, including seven sacks, 18 tackles for loss as a senior, all-conference selection in 17 and 18, uh, played, you went to NC State and redshirted as a true freshman in 2019, you were going to play some football there, but you ended up winding up out here in Moscow, Idaho to play for the Idaho Vandals, and I know Coach Eck was happy to land you, and um, yeah, you've been you've been with the Vandals ever since, yep. so I guess I know the story and whatnot, but take me through what brought you from NC State all the way out to Little Moscow, Idaho. Yeah, so started out my career at NC State um, in 2021. My family actually moved from North Carolina to Moscow, Idaho. Uh, My dad landed a job out here during COVID time, so he moved the family out here. I was still going to school out there, and... uh, my brother, my younger brother, was looking to play at the Vandals in uh, the spring of 2022. And, and that was Sam, right? That was Sam. Sam, yep. okay. And, uh, yeah, we had a lot of stuff going on with COVID over there um, at NC State. And they, the vaccine, you know, was it, I think it got introduced sometime in the spring of 21. And uh, it was kind of at that point just kind of like, you know, get if you want. They were, like, encouraging it, but it wasn't a mandate or anything like that. And then we got up close to the season, and they decided to uh, – push it on everybody and they said you know you get it or you're gone and uh jeez yeah they were making a bunch of different like you know um they're talking to everybody kind of differently right but, uh, i was i was kind of banded together with some of my buddies there and uh for a lot of us it kind of meant that we had to part ways so wow i, uh, mm. I kind of got lucky i think it was the end of july I had my brother talk to the people out here at uh vandals and uh they ended up having a spot for me so i think i made the transition about five days i, I left nc state Made the drive out to Moscow and uh, a drive. Ooh, yeah. We took my buddy with me. We made the trip. So I think it was like four days. And, uh, yeah, we drove on out here, started fall camp, and uh, started playing that season. So man, it was a really crazy transition. Happened really fast. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of how I got transitioned from NC State to Idaho. Well, good job, Sam. A good recruiter there. Yeah. Uh, now, what was it? More just. Um, well, my family's out here and I get to play football, so that's just a win-win. Or did you have conversations with Coach Eck that really sold you on the program? Yeah, so at that time, um, we still had Coach, the Coach Petrino era. He was still coaching. Okay. So that was 2021. So that's right. Last year. Um, so I was planning on coming out in the spring when Sam was going to start playing. I was going to like, I want to go play with my brother. That was kind of my, my plan. Then things just kind of got accelerated for me. So hmm. it's not like something completely out of the blue. I was already planning on that, but I uh, just kind of the timeline got bumped up a bit. Um, yeah, family was out here. I mean, when they were out, family was out in North Carolina. It was good. It was, it was still a, a decent bit away. I think they were about six hours away from okay. so yeah. the western side of North Carolina. Now, where, um, where in North Carolina, by the way? Because I was in Concord, you know, okay. in high school. 
Yeah, that's out near Charlotte, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yep. But basically one of those big suburbs, you know. Yeah, gotcha. Got a buddy from there. Uh, right. Yeah, so we're out in western North Carolina. Uh, pretty much far, far west tip, about 30 minutes from Tennessee, 30 minutes oh, okay. from Georgia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even far, farther west than Nashville and Silva. Okay, makes sense. Very long state it is. in that way. Yeah, I think, it's, <laughs> I think it's close to like eight or nine hours all the way across the longest trip. So yeah, it's, my, it's pretty wide. My dad never got out to the Atlantic Ocean and whatnot, okay. for example, folks. So I, I know we're getting a little off topic here, yeah. but there you go. <laughs> um, okay. So you, you were coming out for the uh, Petrino area uh, era rather. And, um, but yep. you know, w- what was that season like for you guys? That was, uh, it was mentally a really tough season. Uh, you know, coming out, it was a big culture shock from, uh, you know, going to, up to a big school down to a small school with, uh, really old school coaching staff and uh, right. mentally it was pretty tough for me. I, uh, you know, I was living with my family, with my parents at the time and uh, definitely a pretty strong support system. And it took mm. a lot of, a lot of prayers to kind of get through that. My body was hurting a good bit at that point. Um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I made it through the season though, but uh, at that point there were a lot of people on the team that were kind of like, if, if that staff was coming back, they were going to be gone. And, uh, mm. So when they brought in the the Kochek staff, they uh, it took a they took a bit of time to you know go and find him. I think uh, our athletic director Terry Gollick, she did a great job uh, kind of right. recruiting him, going through the whole process. And when they brought him out in late December, he uh, had the meeting with the team, kind of like turned the tide a little bit, changed my mind of like what my future would look like. So ended up coming back. Um, a lot of a lot of my other buddies, they were kind of on the edge about it mm-hmm. once they kind of got to know Kochek and. Uh, see what his goals were, his vision was, his philosophy. They made the decision to come back. Yeah. Yeah. So with the, with the Idaho Vandal program, you know, I, um, I've, I've lived in Moscow before back in the early two thousands for a stint. I've always known about the Vandal program. And for the most part, other than unicorn seasons here and there, it was, it's been a laughing stock, you know, of college football. I mean, it was the only program in NCAA history to my knowledge that went from the FBS down to the FCS. Yep. And just, you know, that it's hard to recruit people to Moscow, Idaho, when you're trying to get kids from California or wherever else. And uh, just historically not good football. So, um, you know, transitioning to Coach Eck, you you brought up the meeting that he had with y'all in December. And uh, what what has it been like with Coach Eck? Because it just seems like there's a belief within the football team. And I was at the uh, Washington State game. Uh, Was that last year? Yeah, last yeah, year. Last year you guys went and fought a good game yeah. in Indiana too. Yep. Uh you, you guys played Cal tough this season. You guys beat Nevada. I mean, there, there just seems to be a belief within the Idaho program. Uh, so yep. what's what's the culture like with Coach Eck? Take me yeah. through all that. I mean, when he first came in, our first meeting was he came in and he said he thought that he was coming into a great situation. It wasn't like he was coming into a complete rebuild team, you know, starting from the ground up. He thought that, you know, we had the potential to be a playoff team. From that point, with the current roster, just we, you know, had had the right, uh, right pra- training practices, right, you know, uh, kind of mindset going into it. But we had all the pieces there. Um, so he he came in, he believed in us right away. He just asked us to believe in him, and uh, yeah. So just like the belief coming in, uh, so like everyone was kind of like, wait, we're actually good. Like we, you know, you think you kind of believe in us, even though you know we had, I think we went like five and six or something like that, the twenty twenty right. season. So not good we hadn't been playing good football um and uh yeah he came in and uh he told us he's gonna be you know assembling up make sure you're talking close to the mic yeah so he he came in he said he's gonna be you know assembling a uh a great staff and uh he at that point he it was only just him so 
Yeah. Uh, through that January, through that February, he was bringing in a bunch of great assistant coaches and, uh, you know, just getting to know them. I think uh, one of the main things that he implemented was the uh, the non-football meetings that he had, which mm. was, you know, we split up and it's random groups every time just with a different position coach. And, uh, you know, it's, it's about groups of 10 guys and we just kind of go deep, dig into like outside of football type issues, just talking. Yeah. Uh, you know, it really helped with like team bonding type stuff. Um, so that really like grew us together as a more cohesive unit. Um, I think, you know, with the old staff, it was kind of like a lot, a lot of you're on your own type stuff and mm-hmm. everyone's kind of dealing with their own personal battles. And uh, we were uh, pretty separate in that, in that sense. But uh, coach that kind of brought us together. And uh, yeah, that's, that's been a, a key thing that we've continued even up to this season. That's uh, yeah. helped us stay together. Yeah. So just a, a lot of team bonding, team cohesion and whatnot. Um, and uh, so uh, take me take me through in a, you know just an example of like a team meeting. Is it just kind of guy talk and how's life going and that sort of thing with like the non football meeting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's they have like kind of a script of other like questions. Some of them are just kind of like goofy. I mean, I don't know exact specifics, but <laughs> yeah, it's like some you know it's it's like what you know what was your what was your highest point of the week mm-hmm. or what was you know the, the 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 best part of the game? What was like what did you notice that was good? So. And stuff like that. And then uh, there's just always kind of like some wacky ones thrown in there. Like, you know, you got three uh, people to have at dinner, you know, past, present, mm-hmm. future. Like, we're going to be having stuff like that. So, who's your choice, by the way? Oh, who's my choice? I think I said something dumb. I think it was like uh, Jesus, Hitler, and myself or something like that. It's Jesus, like, Hitler, and yourself. Yeah, would, that I would be an interesting dinner. That interaction. Yeah. Mm, that would be an interesting dinner there. Um, Okay, so yeah, uh, uh, just turning into kind of a winning program. Uh, take, uh, what are what are the practices like? I mean, uh, to to go from a historically, you know, laughing stock kind mm-hmm. of a program to now, you guys are competing for FCS playoff yeah. spots, and you're maybe even going to have some home games here for this upcoming playoff run. Um, uh, what's what's kind of the program like when it comes to? practice working out you know well, well, what's all that shaping up like yeah um they do a great job taking care of us especially as the season goes on you know people's bodies start to you know kind of deteriorate so the, the main goal is just kind of like maintaining the strength that we built up over the off season and also keeping everybody healthy so uh for you know people that play in games i think it's two workouts a week um you know if you're younger and you're in like more of the developmental stage you'll have more than that right but for everybody in games it's about twice a week we go you know first and second day of the week um get those knocked out and uh, just for practice, a big uh, belief Kochak has is, you know, you got to be going good versus good. Mm. We do that every single week, every every first practice, and uh, sometimes on the second practice of the week. So, um, yeah, that's something big that we do. We, uh, you know, if some people, you know, if they're dealing with injuries, we'll kind of we'll take it back and we'll kind of monitor that. Right. But there's always, like, those few plays where we get to go, you know, full speed. You know, we'll, we won't be full ta- full live tackling, obviously. Mm. But uh, having those those reps against people that you know who we believe are going to be the top in the conference because we're one of the best teams, right? It's, it's great to see that at, you know high speeds and kind of improve your craft and be able to see that, right? Uh, take me into your specific position at the right guard and just offensive line in general. I mean, to to me that is one of the more thankless. positions in football because really the only time people will talk about the offensive line at least in my experience is when somebody messes up because that's super noticeable Uh, now that being said there 
you'd be hearing the NFL all the time. It's like, oh, the Eagles have the best offensive line in football and just look look how they work as a cohesive unit and whatnot. So oh, well, what's what's life like of a college offensive lineman? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so much being on the same page with all your guys. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you've you got one guy off, it's it kind of throws the whole group off. So uh, us being, you know, a, a tight knit group, um, you know, have each other's backs. That's really important for us. Um, yeah, it is. It's definitely thankless. And the only time we really get mentioned is when people you know, we're messing up. Right. There's, I think I can't remember the name of the reporter. He uh, he came out with a report whenever we lost to Cal. And uh, really, really came at us, and you know, was calling us the weakest position group on the team. And oh, lovely! Kind of, kind of went after us um, when we lost that Cal game, and then we came back you know, the next week and uh, we beat Sac State, and then silent. And <laughs> we came back the next week and beat Eastern Washington and ran for over three hundred something on them. So, oh, the, and, and I'm sure the running backs and, just did that all themselves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, running backs did that all themselves. I mean, yeah, it's there was there was no. No reports from that, and then we had a tough game, tough loss to Montana, right? Obviously, and uh, there he was again coming back. Of out. course, so it's definitely tough being an offensive lineman. Um, you know, kind of being in that role, but you know, we we love it, we live for that. You know, we right. uh, we just it's it's all about it's all about us and our guys, and you know, we're trying to go out and put our best foot forward, be in the right mental state, so we can you know have people writing good things about our team. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not obviously not going to be us on the front of the on the front pages, but uh, right, you know, that's. That's, that's what we do before we sign up for this. So. Yeah. So what would you say is your team's identity? Is, are you guys more of a passing team? Or you, you have big games like you just mentioned, running the 300 yards or something like that. that that's a pretty good day. Uh, or, or are you guys pretty balanced and can go either way? Yeah, we definitely we definitely try to be balanced. And obviously with, you know, Giovanni McCoy, the Jerry right. Rice Award winner at quarterback, um, he's got an incredible arm. Um and uh, you know, two All American wide receivers. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's tough to not just go out there and say, you know, we're we're going to be this air raid offense. And it, we we definitely could do that because we have the talent. We got a really deep receiver room, right? But uh, we also have an incredible running back at uh, Anthony Woods. So we we definitely try to be balanced and keep people keep people honest with Woods. You know, we open some holes and we don't they don't even have to be that big. He yeah, can, he can break some. So we definitely try to be balanced, keep them honest with Woods and uh, Romano. And uh, yeah, that kind of opens the passing game down the field with play action shots. Mm. That's really our identity. We we try to, you know, establish the run game, and uh, that opens a lot in the passing game. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, we, we've we talked a little bit about some of the games you've had this season, like uh, Cal, Sac State, um, uh, beating Nevada, no big deal. Um, it, you guys are currently seven and two on yep. the season, sitting five and one in the Big Sky Conference, only trailing Montana, aforementioned yep. Montana. Uh, they that that was a cl- such a close game, twenty three to twenty one. Yeah. Um. So looking ahead, like the rest of the season, you guys got Weber State. Yep. You guys got Idaho State. Is that at Idaho State or are they coming here? No, they're coming here. They're coming here. Yep. That's right. We I talked about that. Yeah. Maybe yep. coming to y'all's game there. Um. So uh, just looking ahead, uh, do you guys do you think you guys got a shot of winning the Big Sky uh, or, yeah. or, or Montana potentially tripping up? No. So um, at this point, as long as we win out. We will split the big tie or big sky championship. Okay, there, there's no tiebreaker as far as you know head to head. Um, so if Montana wins out and we win out, then we'll both split the uh, and actual. I think we'll be three way between us and Montana State. We'll have one loss. Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, if we just win out, you know, we handle business with our last two games, um, which isn't going to be easy. Weber State's a great team preseason. I think they were top ten. Mm. Um, haven't had the best season, but they're still a good solid group. So. 
we don't have to bring it next week. But yeah, if we if we if we take care of business and uh, we'll, we'll definitely be splitting a uh, a Big Sky Championship with uh, either Montana or Montana and Montana State. Get some silverware there. Yeah, yeah. Get some nice, nice big over. Yeah, yeah. It, now, what if Montana State beats Montana? Would that just turn into a two-way tie? So at that point, it'd be a two-way tie between two-way. And Montana State. Okay. And uh, then we would also have the tiebreaker over them for playoff seating. Um, ah, so, so you get some so home games. Yep, so we'll have the higher seat over them. So definitely have some home games. Now, uh, if you guys, um, if, if Montana beats montana state then they have the tiebreaker when then it comes to home games tiebreaker for higher seating but we would both okay. win the championship yeah okay gotcha so regardless a lot to play for with these next couple of weeks here and and take kind of take me uh for the fans at home especially kind of take us through the landscape of what the playoffs are shaping up to look like who are some other than the teams we've been talking about here who yeah. are some other teams that you guys might run into going forward yeah um Obviously, the biggest one, South Dakota State. It's the school that Coach Eck and Coach Sleisner have both come from. They kind of set up that that dynasty, and they've, they've really started rolling. They just beat North Dakota State last week mm. in a pretty convincing fashion, and North Dakota State's been a pretty big juggernaut in the past decade or so in FCS. So they are, you know, they're the, the biggest team, the number one seed. They've been, uh, I think they're undefeated right now. Ooh. So. So y'all would have to go to their dome potentially. So yeah, if we're if we're the four seed, we'll be on their side of the bracket. Um, okay. And then if we even the national championship, obviously it'll be played in Frisco, Texas. So okay, we'll have to actually play there unless we're on their side of the bracket. So the way that the the, the playoffs work, it's a twenty four team uh twenty four team playoff. The top eight teams get an automatic bid. Um, they, and they also have first week bye. Yeah. So <laughs> I think that's conference champions, and uh, then also like maybe two uh, of the other top, top teams. Little. Yep. Yeah. So like top, it'll be top eight, top eight seeds. They'll get a first round buy. Okay. Yeah. So definitely a lot to play for. Um, I think we're guaranteed if we win out, we're guaranteed a top, top eight seed, guaranteed top eight seed, first round buy. Nice. Uh, We're really shooting for a two or three seed. That would be ideal for us. Right. So geez, there's, there's quite a few talented teams in the FCS that honestly, if I'm, if I'm an FBS school and I see a team like Idaho, North Dakota state, South Dakota State, whatever. It's almost a lose-lose situation in that if we win, people will say, "Congrats, you beat an FCS school." Yeah. But in reality, you guys are pretty darn good. Yeah. And it's like, well, if we lose, then we're just going to get <laughs> yeah. just destroyed online and uh, by reporters and whatnot. Yeah. Um. So it, you know, to the to just so the people at home understand. I mean, you you guys are going up against some pretty good competition and. Even the Vandals themselves, you guys have a lot of talent on this roster. Yeah, I mean that's that's the tough part. So, I think uh, the old staff they schedule games for us up until next year, maybe the year after. So we're playing mm-hmm. Oregon next year, but uh, you know, finding these FBS teams that want to take us as a uh, early season uh, game, they usually they would usually pay us money. So I think Oregon paid to be maybe paid us like seven hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand to come play them. Yeah, um, Nevada. I think paid us six hundred thousand to lose, and yeah, and, and we beat them and uh, kind of kind of beat them in pretty convincing fashion yeah. this year. We were up on Cal earlier mm-hmm. this year. We went up uh, seventeen nothing actually, and so definitely Jeez. give us some scares. So I'm not sure how many uh, FBS schools are going to be looking to put that on their schedule. It'll right. be harder. I think that's why some schools like SDSU they don't really have these FBS teams on their schedule just because of you know their continued success in the FCS and right. FBS coaches. They know that you know. That's a decent jump from FBS to FCS, but not quite from the top tier FCS to FBS. So right, you can definitely compete with those teams. Um, so, 
yeah, schedule those for you know, some of the big games. We're going to definitely have to start looking for some bigger opponents. Yeah. As it goes on. Yeah. Well, good deal. So there's kind of the picture of the Idaho Vandals. But but how about for you, man? Uh, I mean, you're a senior this yep. year. Uh, so next year, uh, you, you're thinking about make trying to make the jump to the NFL. What's that looking like? Yeah. Um, so strength coach, Coach Heim, uh, I'll be t- training with him after this season. Uh, we got a pro day coming up in March. So March. Yep, I'll be training for those couple months leading up to that, and uh, you know I'll test at the pro day. Um, I'm not sure if NFL is totally you know in my scope, but there will be some USFL scouts and CFL scouts out there. So okay, I'll definitely go out, give them my best shot, and uh, you know maybe get some looks from them. So as a as a lineman, when you're prepping for something like that, you know what are some of the things? What are some of the measurables that uh, USFL, CFL, NFL teams are really going to be honing in on, especially for an offensive lineman? Yeah. Um, so as far as like testing numbers go, um, I, I'm, I'm at the top kind of percentile for a lot of uh, like top tier uh, offensive linemen just for testing numbers. I was a former defensive lineman. So right. a lot of my testing numbers are kind of top of the line, that area. So I know I can test well. Um, as far as like position drills, you know, just fluidity of the hips, and, uh, you know, use of hands. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a lot. I think a lot of the time they're going to be looking at tape more so. Right. But, I think some of my tests and numbers can definitely pop off the paper for them. Nice. And uh, you mentioned you, know, you used to play defensive linemen. Uh, have you found that that's helped you over your career in that, you know, it, for instance, like quarterbacks who are people who have played quarterback but also play safety or something like that, mm-hmm. they can read the quarterback maybe a little bit better. Do you find that as a result you maybe know the tendencies of a defensive lineman a little yeah. bit better? Yeah, and, uh, you know, that comes with O-line that, you know, they're some of the smartest people out there on the field. So, you know, going out there and being able to look at D linemen and, and know what I would be thinking in their situation, you know, just with their feet, just with their their weight transfer and their stances, you know, being able to read people in different situations, it, it definitely helps. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, well, before we wrap up, uh, what's Paul up to? I, I, I looked in y'all's roster and it looks like uh, they've moved him over to offensive linemen. He's bulked yep. up a little bit too, according to the measurements they gave. Yes. Yeah. So my buddy, uh, Paul Lindstrom, he came out here. He's a sophomore now. So he was a D lineman, just moved him to uh, offensive line for maybe this season, but potentially more in the future. We had some injuries. Um, yeah. So had to bring some more depth over there. And uh, yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's still working on learning the full playbook, but he's, he's looking, he's looking pretty solid. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, shout out, Paul. Uh, yeah. Yeah, next, we'll, we'll get him in next time and whatnot. But, uh, well, uh, Abe, thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, really appreciate really. it. And, uh, by the way, guys, uh, if you could um, find us on um, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast, you can find this interview and more. And uh, stay tuned. We're going to talk about uh, Week 10 coming up and the results there and as well as the look ahead to week 11 and and again you guys play weber state yep weber state at weber state weber state at weber state they're in utah right they are northern utah okay so a bit of a trip there coming up for you this week so again uh, abe thanks so much for coming on the show and uh we'll uh, we'll catch you next time yep thank you